This podcast is presented to you by Revolution Students, the youth ministry of Queen City First Baptist Church. For more information, log on to www.fbcqc.org. God, we love you. We thank you for today. Um, God, there's been a lot of distractions. Um, there's been a lot of things that have kind of happened tonight. Um, and God, these things have the tendency to kind of take away from, uh, from where we are going tonight. God, I just pray that, that in this place tonight, um, we would not be distracted by our neighbors. I pray that, that each one of us would, would come together and say, hey, for the next, next 15, 20 minutes, um, I'm just fixing to focus tonight and just really listen to what God has in store for me tonight. Um, God, I pray that you would speak to each of our hearts, each of our lives. God, we just pray that you would move in a powerful way. Father, thank you so much for these young gentlemen, these young women that are in this room. And I pray that, that, that over the course of this series and even where it's going to go in the next couple of weeks, that God, we would slowly be becoming the person you created us to be. That, you would be the, that we would be becoming the person you intended us to be. God, thank you so much for what you're doing in the hearts and lives of so many students. And God, we just pray that you continue to lead us and direct us. Father, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in part three of this gap series, and uh, if you're just kind of now joining in, if this may be your first time here, uh, the gap is all about this thing like, like God's word says I'm supposed to be this, 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 and this, but I'm looking at my life and I'm this, 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 and this, and in between the two, there's this gap. It's, it's, it's this kind of a gap between who we are and who we're supposed to be. And this series is all about you becoming the person you were created to be, the person that God himself made you to be. Our week one we looked at, we looked at the problem that, that, that it might look like a lot of different things that that's causes this gap in your life, but ultimately it comes down to this one thing the Bible calls sin. Sin will never let you be the person you were created to be. It'll never let you be the person you were intended to be as long as you have sin in your life. You can do good things. You can be a good person. You can hope, wish, and pray all you want, but it'll never happen. The answer to the problem that we have is in the person of Jesus Christ. He, he came, he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for your sins and for my sins. And if we place our faith and trust in him, the Bible says that you begin to become a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, I make new things. And this is the start of where you become the person you were created to be. Week two, we looked at maturity, spiritual maturity. With the simple concept is some of us need to put away our childish ways. Some of us have been a Christian for far too long and we haven't grown in our walk with Jesus Christ. We still look like we're just a baby in Christ. And some of us have been saved 2, 3, 10, 12 years now. And you are still just as immature as you've ever been in your walk with Christ. The takeaway for that night was, was that we need to put our childish ways behind us. Tonight we're going to be talking about something that I think um, impacts so many of us sitting in this room tonight. And I kind of want to set this up with, with kind of telling you a story. Because I want you to make sure that, that, that I want you to know that, that I've been where you're at. Um, me and Marley, we had been married for a number of years. And um, the job where we worked at, um, we developed some friendships with inside of the people that we worked with. Now, now hear me on this. Um, we were going one way. We knew God was carrying us one way. And the friends that we were kind of hanging out with, hear me on this. I love them. I care about them. We still kind of stay in touch um, nowadays. But, but they were going a different direction. They weren't, they weren't really involved in church. They didn't really care about becoming the person they were created to be. They were just kind of just kind of going through life. And one of the things that I noticed is that all the times that we started hanging out with them, um, they never forced me to do anything. They never forced me to drink. They never forced, never said, made fun of me, saying, if you don't do this, you're going to be as big sissy and this and that. The thing that I noticed is that just kind of hanging out with them, I began to pick up a lot of their habits. I began to start to do a lot of the things that they did. 
Now understand this, and this is kind of where we're going at tonight. When I was spending time with them, hanging out with them, I wasn't becoming the person I was created to be. I wasn't becoming the person that I was intended to be. Understand this, all through your life, there will be people who will try and hinder your walk with the Lord. They will pull you one way or they'll push you another way. They'll try and get you to go a completely different direction. And they're not going to like these changes that are happening in your life. When you start to become the person you were created to be, they're not going to be big fans of this change that's supposed to happen in your life. When you start to become this person, you're going to do things different. You're going to be different. And they're not going to like these things. And understand this. Your goal is to learn how to respond to these people and these situations. I mean, think about this. Uh, the life of Jesus Christ. Get this. Um, his mom, which was named Mary, um, an angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, hey, this Jesus that, that you're fixing to have, he is going to be something special. He is going to be like the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is going to be the Messiah. Not only an angel, visions came to, to, to Mary and said, hey, the, the, the son that you are going to give birth to, he's going to be incredible. He's going to be the Savior of the world. Wise men came from across the world. Shepherds came, all declaring the same thing. Now, you would think that that family would know, hey, this dude's fixing to be different. I don't know what it is, but this dude's fixing to be something special from all of these things. And listen to what the Bible says in Mark chapter 3, verse 20. If you have your Bibles, go and turn there. Mark 3, 20. It's on the version. Um, I'm going to go click there. If you don't have that, it's going to be up on the screen. Listen to what happens in Mark 3, verse 20. You would think that after all these things that they would know like, hey, there's going to be something different about this Jesus. Listen to this. Then he went home, talking about Jesus, and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. Verse 21, and when his family heard it, they went out and seized him, talking about Jesus. They went and got Jesus, for they were saying, he's out of his mind. He, he, this Jesus, he is crazy. He has completely lost it. Understand this, for the most part of Jesus' life, up until the age of 29, he was a pretty normal guy. He lived a sinless life, but he had a normal life like a lot of you and I. He was, had a normal nine-to-five job. He was a carpenter. He worked with wood, and he probably built tables and, and stools and everything else. He had blisters on his hands from work. Up until the age of 29, Jesus was not teaching in synagogues. Jesus was not out healing the sick or, or allowing the blind to see. He wasn't creating any miracles. He was a pretty normal guy. But get this, hear me. The moment he started to become the person he was sent here to be at the age of 30 to fulfill his ministry, to, to redeem the world, when he started living this thing out, when he started being the person he was created to be, he started to be different. He was doing things different. That's why they reacted the way they did. His parents didn't understand it. His brothers and sisters, they didn't get it. Even in the life of Jesus, people did not like the change that happened in his life. Students understand this. People who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ don't understand spiritual things. People who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ do not understand, uh, understand spiritual things. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says. In their cases, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. I want to read that again because I think this is where we kind of forget this. In their cases, the God of the world, meaning the devil, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Understand this. Your friends, they can't see it. If they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, they don't understand why you want to change. They don't understand why you want to be different. They don't understand why you're acting different. When you're starting to become the person you were created to be, they don't get it, especially if they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It goes straight over their head. They're like, why are you being di different? Why are, you, why are you acting strange? They don't get it. They don't understand it. And this is where the gap is. 
We're trying to change and be different and become the person we were created to be. But our friends, they don't like this change. They don't want us to change. They feel threatened. They see you becoming who you were meant to be. Your values are changing. Your actions are changing. Your life is changing. I want you to see that this passage of Scripture played out in 1 Samuel. If you have your Bibles, go and turn there. 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. And to kind of give you a little bit of background of kind of where we're going as you're turning there. Um, uh, God called the, the people of Israel, said, look, I'm fixing to bring a king up, amish, uh, up amongst you. And this king's name is, um, is King Sa- uh, Saul. Excuse me. His name is King Saul. And God comes and he anoints King Saul. King leads the people of Israel with incredible, like, awesomeness. This dude's a beast. He leads them on, on, through all kinds of stuff. But along the way... Um, King Saul just kind of changes a little bit. He starts to become like a people pleaser. If you missed this past Sunday morning uh, with Brother Mike's message, you missed one of the most incredible messages about people pleasing. I encourage you to go back and listen to it because it was a- absolutely mind-blowing. But understand this. He kind of, this king, um, Saul, started people pleasing. He wasn't really listening to God anymore. He just wanted to make sure the crowds were happy with his decisions. So he started trying to please everybody. And God looked down and said, look, I can't trust this guy anymore. He's not listening to me. He's not talking to me. We're not spending time together. He's kind of doing his own thing. So God calls this prophet named Samuel. And he says, look, I I want you to go and find me a new king. I've already got him picked out. His name's David. I want you to go and I want you to anoint this new king. And David was a still young guy. He was a little kid. Know this. When you were anointed by God, you were called to be set apart. Your life was going to be forever different. There was going to be change in your life. So, so Samuel comes and he anoints this prophet, a young little boy named David. And he says, hey, you're going to be the future king. But, but although Saul's still going to be king now, you're going to be the future king. To get this, there were some incredible things kind of played out. Um, again, there was a lion that came out, was going to get ready to, t- uh, to pounce on one of the lambs. And David just went out and just like handled his business on this lamb. Just, not lamb, the, the lion. Just like put him in place. There was another time with a bear. A bear came out. And David walks up to a bear. Get that, a bear. And just kind of like handles business on this bear. But one of the most stories that you're probably most familiar with is David and Goliath. This is the same kid. He's kind of growing up. Understand this. David is one day his parents are, are like, hey, I want you to go Go check on your brothers. They're out at war right now. They're over on this other hill. Go check on them to like check, see how they're doing. So he's like, all right. So David kind of goes off. Now get this. This battle that was going on was between the Israelites and the Philistines. And there was like this big gully in between the two. So if this group of people, you'd be the Israelites and you guys are going to be the Philistines. So, so David's brothers are over here in this section of chairs. And David comes up and he's checking on them. And all of a sudden, in the midst of this, this huge Goliath comes out of the Philistine camp. And he comes out and he's like, hey, Send me the man. Send me your toughest warrior. Now understand this. He was asking for the king, King Saul. He was saying, hey, send me King Saul. And what I love about this is something that that I've never realized up until this kind of study started playing out. Saul had every right to walk out, walk across, and go over there and spank Goliath. Why? Because he was anointed by God. God said, you're going to be different. You're chosen. My hand is going to be with you. My power is going to be with you. He could have walked out and handled his business on this Goliath dude, but he didn't. And all of a sudden, David's in the camp, and he hears this Goliath come out. And David's, David's like, hey, who's this guy? Who's this guy talking bad about my God? And then they went on to explain, like, hey, this is Goliath. He comes out 40 days, twice a day to come out and just kind of taunt us. And David's like, oh, uh-uh. 
Uh-uh. So he picks up a rock and he walks out. And I understand this. I, I believe that if he had had a Nerf ball, he could have killed Goliath that day. It didn't matter what he had. Uh, Goliath was going to die. So he puts a sling in a stone. He slings it and nails, the David, uh, the, nails Goliath right here in the head. Goliath falls back. David walks out, grabs his sword, and cuts his head off like, what? That is a man. Just walks out and handles his business on this Goliath dude. Absolutely incredible. All of a sudden, the Philistines, they get scared. They start retreating. They all start running back. And the Israelites are like, hey, we got this now. So they take off, and they start chasing after them and start killing them. Now, you would think after this event, after this kind of endeavor, everybody would be like super pumped. Like, man, this guy just wrecked shop. Like, yeah, we don't even have to fight anymore. We're all right with this. But listen to what God's Word says. If you have your Bibles, it's just a little bit past. It's 1 Samuel 18, 6. David is a, a hero now, and he's slowly starting to become the person he was created to be. He did something that was absolutely incredible. And you would think at this moment that everybody would be happy. Listen to what happens in 1 Samuel 18, 6. They were coming home when David returned from striking down the Philistine. The women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to, to meet King Saul, because he's still king, with tambourines, with songs of joy, with musical instruments. And the women sang to one another as they celebrated Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry, and his saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed a thousand. What more can he have but the kingdom? Wait a minute, bro. Why are you mad? You had 80 opportunities to walk across this field and slay Goliath, but you never did. This young man walked out on the first day, slayed Goliath, saved not only your life, but the life of all your men in your army, and you're mad? When you start to close the gap and become who you were created to be, just like David here, he was becoming the person he was meant to be. When this happens, it threatens people. Some people like you different. Some people like you when you're unsuccessful. They like you better when you didn't have it all together. So what happened? It got so bad that David had to, had to break his ties with King Saul. It got so bad that, that King Saul said, hey, put David on the front lines of battle. Maybe he'll get killed there. It didn't happen. King Saul went on to say, got some of his boys together and said, hey, we got to kill this kid. We got to kill this little David boy. We got to kill him. Never happened. David, David would be walking through the palace and, and King Saul would pick up a spear and hurl it at him, trying to kill him. It was ridiculous. It got to the point of extreme. And David has got to came to the realization, he says, look, I can't be here anymore. This relationship that we're in, I, I can't do this anymore. It's not healthy for me. I've got to leave. I can't be a part of this anymore. It devastated David. He loved where he was at. And here's what I want you to see. If there comes a time in your life where you have to pull away from a friendship for whatever reason, hear me. You have to walk away so you can become the person you were meant to be. I want to give you three things to think at. Two of them are very simple. One of them I might be really hits home with you. Listen to this. The first one is this. There is no relationship you can have that can be more important than your relationship with God. There is no relationship you can have that can be more important than your relationship with God. Let me just say this. This is a big struggle for, for me right now where I'm at in my life. And let me tell you why. Because, like, I love my wife. 
and I love my little boy, but there are times in my life where I put my family on a pedestal above God. Now hear me on this. That sounds like, Billy, that's a good thing. No, it's not. God says, I want to be first in your life. That's where he rightfully belongs. But there's a lot of us in here, whether it's friendships, boyfriends, or girlfriends, for whatever reason, we put them above our relationship with God. Let me just say this. We've been there. Me and Marley have. We got to the point where, where both of us were, were up here and God was kind of just second. It happened. And we kind of pulled, had to pull back and said, look, we've we, we, we got to take some time apart. We've got to rearrange our priorities. We've got to make sure that God is first in our life because right now it's not. We took a little bit of time apart. We kind of rearranged our life, got some things straight. There is no relationship that you have that can be more important than your relationship with God. Let me just say this. The second one is this. If you break it off with someone, remember this. They're going to be mad. They're going to be ticked off. They're not going to understand it. And there's a great chance that if you're having to break it off with somebody and they're like, hey, why are you doing this? There's a great chance their verse is 2 Corinthians 4, what we read a while ago. Like their mind is blinded. They don't see it. They don't understand why you're trying to change, why you're trying to be different. But God is saying, hey, you need to separate from this person. You need to spend some time apart so you can make sure you have your priorities in order. They're going to be mad. They're going to be upset. You can bank on it. But I promise you, and you become the person you were meant to be, you have to live this out. There's going to be some people you have to say goodbye to. It's just the truth. The third thing that I want you to see, and this is the big one, if you don't listen to anything else I say, listen to me now. Sometimes people use misplaced, misguided loyalties to keep them from making tough decisions. Let me read that again because I want to make sure you understand that. Some people use misplaced, misguided loyalties to keep them from making tough decisions. In our story of David and Saul, um, King Saul had a son and his name was Jonathan. And Jonathan was a phenomenal guy, a very outstanding, classy guy. And the Bible says in uh, 1 Samuel 18, 1, it says, As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the son of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. You see a friendship here that is beyond any friendship most of us have. It's absolutely incredible. They love each other. Jonathan so much so that he tries to help David. He provides him with bows and arrows and swords and tries to watch after him and take care of him and try to help him out. And as time passes on, Saul is continually going more crazy. He's trying to kill David day in and day out. And David comes to the point of realizing, I can't be here anymore. It's going to cost me my life. If i got to become the person I'm created to be, I have to leave. I have to remove myself. And in that moment, one of the, the harshest friendships, kind of breakups ever happened. The Bible says that there was weeping when David and Jonathan had to part ways. You could imagine being long-lost friends with some of your closest friends, and all of a sudden something separates you two. Some of you have been there. You know how it feels. Man, I'm not ever going to get to see you again. There was a great chance that they would never get to see each other again. But you know what's sad about this story? There shouldn't have been a goodbye. There shouldn't have been any weeping. Jonathan had every right he was a young man at the time. He had every right to go to his dad and say, Dad, you're wrong. I, I can't be a part of this anymore. Understand this. I'm talking about a dad and a son right here. If you can make this leap with me, put your friendships in here. He comes and he says, hey, I, I can't be a part of this anymore. What you're doing is wrong. 
You need to stop. You need to get your mind right. But, they, but, but Jonathan, he doesn't do any of that. Whether it was by loyalty or duty or whatever, Jonathan stayed. And his dad got worse, so much so that Saul started talking to witches about getting direction about how to lead the children of Israel. And if you thought tonight's message was about this young man named David having to leave this place and become the person he was meant to be, then you missed tonight. It's not about David. It's not even about Saul. It's about a young man named Jonathan who had misguided, misplaced loyalties that he thought he had to stay in this relationship. And I want to show you the saddest verse in tonight's text. 1 Samuel 31.1. Listen to this. Now the Philistines were fighting against Israel. And the men of Israel fled before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Gabor. And the Philistines overtook Saul and his sons. The Philistines struck down Jonathan and his brothers. This guy, Jonathan, he's a good kid. He's a good guy. Reminds me of a lot of you guys. But he died because he couldn't say no to a relationship. He couldn't say no to a relationship that was totally poisonous. And it cost him his life. What I want you to understand tonight is there might be some friends that you're with that God is really laying on your heart right now. These friendships, they might not cost you your physical life. Oh, there's a chance. But they might not cost you your physical life leading to death. But hear me on this. What would happen if you continued to be with these friends and these friends never let you to become the person you were created to be? God has this beautiful thing lined up for who you are and who he wants you to be. But because you can't say no to this relationship, you will never be that person. Let me be honest, it cost you your life. It costs you your life. If I can get you to close your eyes and bow your head. Is that you today? You have some friends that are not letting you be the person you were created to be. I want you to hear me. There are options with these friends. They are not permanent. At any moment, you can walk away. You have a choice. There's some of us in here that we have a foot with Jesus, but our other foot is with our group of friends that aren't about the things of Jesus Christ. You'll never close the gap and start becoming the you, the you that you were meant to be while hanging with people you were never meant to be with. And 
And I think this is the biggest problem that plagues so many students across the world is they think they have to be friends with these people, that they have to stay close to them. Nobody else is going to like me. I don't have any other group of friends to hang out with. And making that decision misguided will cost you your life. Here in a minute, we're going to play the same song that we sang. The girls are not going to come and sing. It's going to play in the background right there in your seat or up here if you need to come pour your heart out to the Lord. This is your time. Father, we just pray that during this time that we get ready to, to move in time on our invitation. Um, God, this is a big issue. This is a struggle with, with so many students across the world, God. And we just pray that, that whatever you are pressing upon our hearts, whatever you are laying on us today, God, I pray that we would be faithful to be obedient to. God, we want to become the person we were created to be, but there are a lot of times friends will never let us be that person. God, I pray that we would choose you over our friends. You be obedient during this time.